You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. Okay, I blew us out last week, so I'm going to do this really quietly. Ready? welcome <gasps> what's up theater geeks what is up oh my what goodness is, what is up 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 we we have not done one of these episodes in a while i feel you know in is a that long right while. pamela so i i feel like the last new work we did yeah was it last year? Was it that long ago? What like so I think like wasn't it like Dodie and Diana? Yeah. Wow. Okay, know, so this is super time. this is exciting for us and the audience. This is going to yes. be very exciting today. Yeah. And perhaps other people. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I said us in the audience. We were there's, listening. There's other right? people besides that, right? Who, what if who they haven't listen? ever listened to it? What if it's like an old person who doesn't have access to podcasts? Well, how will they find <laughs> us? Well, maybe their grandson is like, I listen to this awesome Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast. And, and they tell them. like, what's that? And they're like, it's Theater Geeks Anonymous, Grandpa. Wait, what's a geek? Oh, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> and it's a whole thing. And then we get to this wonderful musical we're going to talk about. Well, I've definitely mentioned this musical before um, on the podcast, like when I um, have gone to a previous reading of it or <laughs> when I just want to talk about Robbie for no particular reason. And so <laughs> I am sure that uh, I am sure that everybody has has heard it mentioned, but I'm very excited to be able to share um, this musical with everyone. So today... We are doing a new works episode of Theater Geeks Anonymous, and we have the writers of this wonderful musical here, and they're going to tell us all about the show, how the show came to be. Yep. And also, everyone, if you're in the New York area, you're going to have a chance to hear the music and go to a live in-person concert of this show. So it's very exciting. It's we are like very excited. Is the perfect venue for you guys to like fully show us what it's about and where and when to see it. I mean, can you imagine? Can you believe? <laughs> so here we are. So today I'm going to introduce Robbie Sandler and Lizzie Hagstead. 
And they are going to tell us all about this incredible show that we are very excited to talk about called Hereville. Go ahead, Robbie. Oh, gosh. In that case, <laughs> hi, I'm Robbie Sandler. Uh, they, them, if you want to talk about me. Uh, <laughs> and I am joined by... Oh, Lizzie, you do it. Lizzie Hag said who is burping at the moment, which was a I, problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, the one time in my life you wanted me to keep talking yep. and I went dead <laughs> silent. Um, and... Can you and both I, like, say what you did on the please. show too? Yeah, please. Okay, so then properly, I am Robbie Sandler and uh, book writer and lyricist on Hereville. Perfect. And I'm Lizzie, she, her, and I, uh, I wrote the music. Amazing. So, Robbie, can you tell everyone the story from November 2014, the very beginning? Okay. It's a very okay. good place to start. I've, yes. Uh, in the spirit of it being a family show that happens to be at the Center for Jewish History on November 9th at 6.30 p.m., I'll say it several times. <laughs> just, just so we've got it. The myth of origin story has one curse word in it right at the beginning, and I will just dodge it. And that is, <laughs> I am married to a practicing pagan who said... One year, 2014, I want to go to Salem, Massachusetts, for that is where the witches gather. <laughs> but he wanted to go after Halloween. So we went early November and saw Salem, Massachusetts after a Halloween parade, which is a little messy. And we went to a <laughs> lot of suddenly very quiet magic stores. But then after about seven hours of going in and out of different stores that were deeply interesting to my spouse. I said, oh my God, I cannot go to another bleeping magic <laughs> store. And so I went to the comic book shop across yes. the street. And in that comic book shop, they had a graphic novel section mm. where I saw the covers of the first two books in Barry Deutsch's Hereville series, which were How Mirka Got Her Sword and How Mirka Met a Meteorite. And at the top of that second one, there was a tagline that said, boldly going where no Orthodox Jewish girl has gone before. <laughs> and I thought, you know, this is this is one of those moments when culture is for me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I picked up the book and it lived at the intersection of Judaism, precocious children, complicated mom stuff and magic. And I thought, you know, again, this is for me. Yeah. So I wrote the author a fan letter and I didn't even have a full length musical to point him toward and say, I'm pretty sure I can do this. What I had were, was or were, war, um, what I had <laughs> was uh, a set of songs that I'd written in the BMI musical theater writing mm -hmm. workshop and songs that I had written from musicals with Lizzie from <laughs> college and post-college yeah, from 10 years ago Amazing. and yet <laughs> wait 10 I, years before 2014 oh 
like Lizzie and I wrote our first songs together in 2004, 2005. Wow. 2004, 2005. So wow. yeah, these are like 10 year old songs. That's, you know, wow. that are almost 20 song, year old songs now. Song. Nope, nope, yeah. nope, they're not. That's not how time works. Nope. No, I, I, I'm just saying. Nope. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, if these songs were girls in our show, Lizzie, they would be nope. adults with nope, children. They're not. Nope, they're not. Uh, or pleasantly child free. That's <laughs> true. Though I will say one of the things that this show deals with is the fact that in the Orthodox community, the family unit is so important that one of the big conflicts that this show really addresses is that the main character, Mirka, is an 11-year-old whose family has recently blended mm -hmm. because her stepmother moved back from the secular world to the Orthodox world where she grew up, and she married Mirka's dad. So it's a stepdaughter stepmother situation where they really don't get along mm. but it had to happen when it happened because after the prescribed year of mourning mm. it was culturally responsible for her father to marry again mm. and have a second parent a woman in the house mm -hmm. so that's something that i think about a lot with this show yeah. because it's the emotional heart of it yeah. despite it being you know a graphic novel type story which means it could go to some places of really high fantasy that's yeah. awesome and it does yeah we when um so when when robbie found this um graphic novel we work together at a media company, which is no longer in existence. <laughs> <laughs> Our friendship outlasted the media company. And, um, uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, and the first thing Robbie said to me about this book was that, um, it's a book about a young Orthodox Jewish girl who all she wants to do is slay dragons. And I was like, <gasps> Oh my goodness. This sounds so cool. That does sound really cool. I know. <laughs> I'm just, I was so excited. And it was after, you know, a, a period of time that had been kind of crazy for us because of something that happened in, in my life. And so it was like a really fun thing to look forward to mm -hmm. and hear Robbie talk about and where he, where they were on the journey. And, um, uh, contacting Barry and all of those things and so it's been fun to see the inception of it the moment that Robbie went to the bookstore and found the graphic novel all the way to now and it coming into its own and also like having this concert reading that people can go to and actually see this thing that like I've been telling people about and and nobody's been able to see yet so this is like really yeah really exciting and <laughs> a beautiful piece of um just hope and joy that uh Robbie allowed me to share with him during a period of grief and also this graphic novel is also about grief 
Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I also have to tell you, we can talk about the myth of origin of this story a lot, but as someone who sometimes cries from the music notes, even <laughs> when it's text that I wrote, because I've cried at demos more than once. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I admit it, sometimes Aww. I don't. But Music can do that. Yeah, It can. And the fact is, until Lizzie came on board with a brain that I have to tell you is not just the brain of a composer, but an actor and frankly, a dramaturg as well, mm -hmm. in that we had deep talks about why this world was musical and mm -hmm. what existing music from Jewish homes could come into it and be part of it. Sure. How and long after the rights did you all start start this work? I was not initially brought on. I was brought on in 2017, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. And... There was a lot of formative work prior, but there wasn't right. really a score yet. It was a pile of ideas and yeah. some of them rhymed. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah, and I... <laughs> I, I remember I was I was asked to set a song as kind of an audition and it's still in the show, which is kind of nice. cool. And it's still largely in the same form. Well, oh, wow. not quite. Um, but I <laughs> I was a little upset at being asked to audition. And <laughs> I, I had never heard you write Klezmer yeah! music before. <laughs> but it's I I basically took this drum beat and I used my I layered my own voice and I did a demo using where I didn't notate anything I just wow. like freeform vocaled um what I thought it sounded like wow that's um, cool yeah and it mostly worked and yeah. it's actually still very I mean I could play that for you and you would hear oh it I, I hear how we got where we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, and it set a tone that I think really goes through the entirety of the score. So mm -hmm. I, at this point, it's so hard to think of it as like, this is the lyric that I wrote. This is the music that right. Lizzie wrote. Because yeah. not only are these songs just songs that I think of as existing songs now, but mm. I... Anyone who ever wants to write a lyric ever, get you a composer like Lizzie who <laughs> will question the things you've written when they don't make sense. <laughs> because yeah, even when the important. notes are hard, if yeah. it gets to a point where it makes sense to both of us, the chord structures start developing differently underneath it. It becomes sure. a more emotional song. Because well, and a true we collaboration. Out. Well, can, yeah. can you say that again? Oh, I'm sorry. A true collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, and we've talked, Ebony and I have in past episodes talked about how sometimes the lyricist and the composer don't quite, they aren't quite working in the same musical. And we've talked about that with, within like Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's really, <laughs> it's something very important <laughs> Yes, indeed. It is something, though, very important to have that kind of true collaboration and true relationship with your lyricist and composer. And I think people think, oh, well, 
we'll just write the words first and then set it to music. And sometimes that works, but yeah, it's also really helpful, I think, you know, fine, if the words are written first, that's great. But then it's nice to like work together then to set it to music, which is it sounds to me like is what you did. Well, and I think like I've had people I've worked with where I've gotten that hard line of like, I'll give a suggestion about a lyric and they'll be like, well, you know what? I don't want to take that. I'm the lyricist. It's my oh. job. Like, oh. and I'm like, okay. So, and then I know, okay, I, I'm going to do my job as well yeah. as I can, but I'm maybe not going to invest my heart in this. Sure. <laughs> and that's been, I mean, most of the time that's not the people that I've wound up working long-term with. Right. Um, when you do like Rob, Robbie and I both came up through the BMI workshop and like, <laughs> Uh, they they started I'm I don't know if you've ever talked about it but like it basically starts as a grand like speed dating thing <laughs> where they'll like throw you in couples and be like go off into a tiny room and come back with a song and, <laughs> and you're like cool well, and yep. sometimes it's fabulous it is. sometimes you the lyricist give a note to a composer you're working with who shall remain nameless <laughs> and they respond do you want to compose this oh geez. and you know or sometimes the lyricist <laughs> you're working with who will remain nameless um, decides that he has to work a specific way. And so despite the fact that you're in tech, you're asked to come in at eight in the morning and work with him before you go to tech and then after. And oh, I'm like, dear. yeah, people it's it's but then you find the people who match your yeah. collaboration style. And the, th mm. and the fact is. That might be. Well, clearly yeah. it is for somebody I happen to know. I don't know about the person <laughs> Robbie's talking about, but um, <laughs> I happen to know the person I'm talking about is working and good for them. And hopefully. <laughs> but um, like it's 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 finding a way to like, I, I really believe that I don't want anything in the show that at least my collaborators aren't okay with right. maybe sure. there's stuff that like i love and robbie's like neutron but right. i don't actually don't yeah. think there's much of that at this or like robbie loves and i'm neutron mm -hmm. but, like yeah. at the very least i want to get to there i'd love to have as a high percentage as possible sure but i think we've gotten a lot better mm -hmm. in this yes. especially in this past year because like we we've really had a lot of opportunity this year to like really put the show under a magnifying glass and keep working on it because yes. we got to do um, two sets of, mm -hmm. I would say, processes in California mm -hmm. and oh. kind of like work on it. Uh, we did a very casual reading in March and we got to go to California and work with a company of actors. And that taught us, it was actually, um, the show features I would say between three to four children. There's yeah. a role that could be a child, um, but um, so she is. She, to I'm just gonna drop this without any context. She <laughs> is an it. ancient meteor clone of our 11 year old protagonist. Oh, that's okay. awesome. <laughs> so, but because of the kind of humor she has to deliver, it's a very specific kind of humor that we feel like it might be better served by like. A, a young looking adult yeah who can mm -hmm. serve youth 
<laughs> As the casting note for that particular yeah. character says, it says, um, the age is timeless. We will all pretend that it looks like Mirka. You mm -hmm. can cast any actor at all mm. if you think you can find comedy in it. Exactly. With one caveat, and oh. that is you can't cast anyone who identifies as male in this show mm -hmm. because Orthodox Jewish women cannot sing by themselves in front of men. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so out of respect for that rule, which falls yeah. under their laws of tznias or modesty, mm -hmm. we had to, we decided very early on mm -hmm. that the show had to be a version of this world that did not have male characters in mm, it yeah. because to write a musical that was not accessible to the people it was about mm -hmm. is not a celebration of them but an exploitation oh. of them well okay. and the, and the book has like a handful I, I would say the only major male character in the book is is Mirka's brother who we kind of absorbed into um, two of her sisters. Okay, but like he's like he does. Papa appears. Papa appears, but I don't. Does he even have a single line? I don't think I, he does. I don't know. And <laughs> and the troll that exists in the first book, I think, exists kind of beyond gender mm -hmm. because <laughs> nothing that this six-legged creature does is particularly gender i mean mm. i always kind of heard him as like an old school like gilbert and sullivan talk singer like, I, that's but... fair. like yeah like he would have been david hyde pierce in the yes. animated movie 100%. like that's always what i but we we but i oh we were it's talking not about... british but you know what i mean right yes, yes. yes. he fit the brief but um, a troll is also not human so it would not no. fall into the same no, exactly. And, and I think we were gonna like we had some. The tr I think the troll made exactly one reading. I did. We did <laughs> yeah. have my friend Lisa read and sing the troll. Yeah. Awesome. The troll did did make it to the first reading. Yes. And then <laughs> and then uh, and then they died. Aww. <laughs> buried under a bridge somewhere ah! <laughs> but, you know what they say cut oh, yeah. your darlings oh yeah but I was right. saying uh, before we went on a, a lengthy tangent I was like uh, we had never gotten to do the show with kids mm, and because right, right. we've always tapped like our youthful voiced adult friends yes because mm -hmm. also it's you know it's it is it's more complicated to work with kids yes um and as much as like I really wanted to do it because like honestly I think like kid performers are always incredible yeah and like yeah. um kids are brilliant especially theater kids yes. who have not been taught by their peers that their mm -hmm. imagination is a liability yes. so they just bring it mm -hmm. yeah Ugh, icons so we got <laughs> to finally do this show with kids which like taught us a lot and we were able to like make some like. I went through and I made sure like all the harmonies had buddies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I forget what else I did. Like, and I should say though, while we talk about this, big ups to the San Diego J Fest mm -hmm. um, because it is the as I the longest running Jewish arts festival in the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, definitely in California. 
Yeah. Um, it's been going for about 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and because of them, we got to, you know, work in the rehearsal halls and stages of the old globe while we oh, were out wow. there, which was the coolest even though when you get lost on your way to the old globe you are hiking in a desert we really <laughs> we really got lost like <laughs> we, we got so there was a marathon and it was preventing us from entering balboa park and what i say we we made the worst possible plan to conquer this um, we, we wound up walking i think about how, how many miles? Three or four miles. Three or four with miles. A serious decline and mm. incline. Up, can, up canyons along a highway. Through a cactus garden, <laughs> which is prettier than I thought it would be. My brain well, goes right to cactus, but you can really garden beautifully with them. But it was, we made it like we had left very early to arrive at rehearsal. We arrived, I think, exactly one minute late. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, and yeah, everyone was so impressed. But like you're, you're both thinking like, oh, we're one minute late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, we were absolutely panicking. It was not yeah. the grounded start I was expecting. I walked no. in breathing harder than I breathe at rest. <laughs> I will say, after having been in San Diego and San Francisco, San Diego had the steepest hills I have ever walked in. Oh really? Ever. Like- like in the area where the theater was. Oh, but it's like, it's a gorgeous, like, it's beautiful. What a gorgeous yeah. place to be. Like, and it's I... easy to drive to anywhere. Like, you can drive to the beach, you can drive to Mexico, you can drive mm-hmm. to the woods, you can drive to the desert. It's like you can just get anywhere. <laughs> but yeah, that oh, was, we, oh, we, gorgeous. we got to do a reading there in, well, it was technically in June and July. There was, was... a month. Yeah. That the first time you were you worked with children in the piece or what March. No. March in was the March first time. we got to work okay. with children and some of the children got to come with us and do the next round as well. Okay. Um and then we moved I think actually yeah, a lot of them did and then we've moved yeah. a couple of them around and then like um and the like... fact is now this New York concert is going to have several of the folks who got to do it in San Diego, including one actor who was also the producer at J-Fest who was leading it on that side. Uh, And she is going to have been the witch in three readings across two posts. That's very cool. Well, and it's great too, because they've all written, they already know it. It's in their bodies. It's in their minds. It's like, it's in their hearts really too. That's great. No, we're going to ha- be going into this with, I think, three returning actors from mm-hmm. San Diego. It was going to, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and one of them is in a different role, but okay. um, she's she got to do that whole process. And then our lead kid from San Diego is coming over and we're Amazing. like, re- which is yeah. such I, a blessing. Like yeah. truly, I crushed it and I'm feel so- free to Google Ava Madison gray. Um, <laughs> she, well, okay. She was covering uh, Mary in the secret no, garden was. that they just she did was. out in the Amundsen. She was Mary. She was oh Mary. yes. No, she was the alternate. She did get to go on a yeah, bunch of times. She was Mary, cool. yeah. um, and then 
Um, she's uh she's doing a staged version of Number the Stars right now, playing wow. the lead Annalise, who is several... not yeah. Jewish in that show. Uh, <laughs> and then and she's she... going to come and be the most Jewish in ours. <laughs> That's awesome. Can yeah. I ask a question about the inspiration for the music itself? Because you had mentioned that you were kind of wanting actual Jewish songs to kind of be in it maybe or is it just an inspiration or are these completely these are all uh, these are all original songs okay um that have a kind of um jewish folk feel to them would be my descriptor sure um I would ask lizzie based on what pamela is asking can you talk a little more about the blessing and how that landed on people because i remember a pretty animated talk about you consciously using different music for the sabbath blessing than people sing at home so there is a fairly uniform shabbos blessing that is done in the home and a lot of people know it and some people were surprised when i didn't serve that um when we do our shabbos blessing but like i I had honestly assumed that there was a high probability that it was copywritten. Right, yeah. And so I tried to, in my head, apparently I've been told it's a little more far-fledged from what I, but I was like, okay, this is kind of how the shape of that is. Mm-hmm. So I can honor the shape of it and then oh. like create a a wholly different melody. Sure. Um, and, and that's kind of what it is. And... Um, and yeah, did you have something it's, to add, Robbie? No, it's beautiful. Really. I just, That's all I just I'm remember getting, yeah. hearing it for the first yeah. time and thinking, A, this feels right. And yeah. B, by having a version of it that you wrote, it allowed mm. us to build it into. But Lizzie came up with a really cool idea for how to make that Shabbos blessing a little more dramatic in the show mm-hmm. by letting us sort of use it to slow down time and see oh. what's going on in mm-hmm. Mirka's head. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like it I always thought of it as the uh the Carolina change moment when mm. Noah's like thinking about like the money in the in I don't know how specific yes. everyone was talking about when he's like <laughs> realizing he left the money in his pants and he's at school and he's like seeing the like the grandparents like talk doing the clock and like I always thought of it like that I'm like okay it's the but she's like um thinking about sneaking off to magic school Mm -hmm. while her mother's at the table doing the blessing and it kind of goes into this warped time thing where Mm -hmm. like yeah okay she's she's kind of hearing that the real thing in the room but she's fully thinking about like i want to sneak off and study magic and that's (laughs) the main thing you're hearing but you hear that kind of thing in your background where you're like oh this is actually what's in the room with me which is um not which is not witches it's the mom (laughs) and and so connected to this i have to say Anytime there's a moment in the show where something Mm -hmm. unique and cool and structural happens because of the music, it was 95 times out of 100 Lizzie's idea first, because (laughs) she can, there come points in our talks when she'll just be like, she'll stop talking and I'll be like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're thinking in music. Why don't I give you five minutes and then I'll hear what you're thinking. And it's unreal. That's awesome. But like watching her disappear and then come back and being like, how about this? And you're like, oh, 
Oh my mm-hmm. God. <laughs> <laughs> I live for those moments. Aww. I a Lizzie demo day is my favorite day because I get to hear a <laughs> choir of seven Lizzie's singing the song. <laughs> So I, I mean, I, I, I guess it's a good moment to confess, which is that I've been making cast albums by myself since I was like, uh, in my teens. It was Amazing. one of the things I loved <laughs> to do, and I would find a show, I would get the vocal selections, and I would listen to the cast album, and I had a synthesizer, and I would kind of be like, okay, I hear clarinet in the cast recording here, I'm going to add it. I hear cello <laughs> here, I'm going to add it. And I had a small cassette recorder, which would let me have three additional tracks. Yeah. And I would record and layer my voice. And I would like go through the whole cast album that way. And what then I wouldn't give to have just that kind of level of talent where, where music is concerned. Uh-huh. That's really amazing. Yeah. But now I do it on my own stuff, which yeah. is like, um, yeah. It's one of my favorite parts of, and it also like helps because like I can write something at a piano, but then putting it on your voice. Yeah. Oftentimes you can find like, oh, this is not very easy to sing, but <laughs> if I move this high note from this syllable to that syllable, mm-hmm. then it's this vowel and it's umpteen, it's the same note and we're still yeah. getting that satisfaction of like oh we're on a big note but it's easier to sing and yeah. like okay or like there's nowhere to breathe maybe i should <laughs> maybe yeah. i should change this i'm like oh great i um and it's and especially with harmonies i'll write a harmony and i'll try and sing and i'm like i can't sing this Why am I gonna <laughs> sing i'm like okay what would make it easier to sing i'm like or, okay what am i intuitively singing and then i can re-notate and be like yeah. okay great um that is easier to sing sure. um i i used quotation marks for the for the <laughs> if you all can't business. see yes <laughs> i fully did quotation marks um but like i find that like a very valuable part of my process where yeah. at least i could be like okay this feels like the the more intuitive vocal performance version of this song, mm-hmm. and I can change it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm I can you all talk a little bit about how you got to the two uh workshops that you had in California and then how the one that you had uh that you're having here in November developed? Um, let's let's talk about uh I could talk about the one in November more. Okay. Um uh, where um Actually, so in November, what is happening is this convention. It's called Juice. J. I hate spelling things. J. E. W. C. E. Did I do it right? Yeah. yeah for the Jewish comic experience. It's Jewish oh, okay. comic experience. 
and Barry Deutsch, who is the author of our gra- mm-hmm. of the graphic novel, the the books are, uh, our musical is based on, is be is a presenting there, and oh. b nominated for, I think a couple a awards, juicy for, award or for, two for for <laughs> Hereville. Um, and so Barry mentioned to them that um this musical existed mm-hmm. and they got very excited and like well we have to do something with that so they asked us to come in and do a presentation there and so that's yes. like how this happened yeah so cool Still, i do have to share though the timing yeah. of it was overwhelming because we were in la jolla in june Mm -hmm. working on this at the old globe but the rehearsals were in the afternoon so during the day we would do things around there like we went to the san diego zoo Mm -hmm. but then we were asked to take a call on zoom and we did over lunch at the zoo it was a zoo (laughs) zoom um and suddenly we were talking with we had only seen her name and it was Dr. Miriam Mora. And I was like, oh, you fancy. But then we got on the phone and she was also like, just the coolest. And she's the sort of woman whose interests and degree would lead her to creating the first ever Jewish Comic-Con. Oh, wow. Amazing. And they offered us one of the greatest gifts anyone could have given, which is resources. Yes. Truly. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. They said, rehearse it here. Perform it here. We have lavalier mics. We'll get the grand piano tuned. Of course we can film it with three pan and zoom cameras. Oh, Oh, man. And wait for it. They care greatly about accessibility and Mm -hmm. so in addition to it being a $15 ticket so that a family of four could go for $60 it's also a free or pay what you can live stream Mm -hmm. so that anyone who wants to can oh my god not even with a credit card you can just click pay what you can and if you choose zero they're like great give us your email here's the link that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited about that because that means that I can see it. Yeah. And it means you can <laughs> I mean, see I'll be it paying, in your though. stocking I'll feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I got to hear an iteration of the show in October 2018. I think it was when oh, I just went. But I, well, I, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> attended you read the stage directions well but it was before that because it was uh i went over to your place and we were at the one at my place Uh no no i went to i went to robbie's apartment and we sat and we listened through because i hadn't heard any of it yet Uh so we just sat and listened through and i fell in love with the music and the, the show i was like this thing is so gorgeous then after that, I got to go to the reading and read the direction, the stage directions. Yes. That was the one at Playwrights Horizons, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Was that also How... 2018 or that was 2019? That was 19. That 19. was 19. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it was late enough in 2019 that we were starting to think things like, ooh, 2020 is going to be our year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so many people thought that for various reasons. gonna be my It's actually changed? a preview from our next show. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I, you're asking a very good question, which is... Um, how much has the show changed from that iteration to the more contemporary? So I can tell you at least that, well, I don't honestly remember how long the show was at that point. Um, but um, we, I know from that point, there are at least two new songs. I don't think mm -hmm. we had, I don't think we had Crunchy Part. No, <laughs> no, wait, no. I think Crunchy Part was, was that its very first time, first time at Playwrights Horizons. Okay. No, that's um, right. That's right. That's right. A song yeah. title that no one knows what it's about, <laughs> but I pre it's about processing grief, identifying mm -hmm. as Jewish, and eating crunchy topped desserts. Yes. <laughs> I promise you, in the context of the show, it's the <laughs> only thing anyone could possibly sing about at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> but then I I genuinely don't even remember what we had if we even had a a slot where we have sometimes you miss I don't think we had something no I think we, we had might have gone we had just cut a song. that song um because it had been a song about knitting but then we realized that we talked a lot about knitting in this show but you can't actually knit on the Sabbath and so <laughs> oh. uh, yeah cause tying because tying knots is technically oh, yeah. work. Um, right, and yeah. so mm -hmm. we went back and revised, which was also technically work. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Not even technically. But I think predominantly, like, honestly, having the ability to have this, like, set of readings in yeah. California yeah. and the prep for those mm -hmm. was, like, a huge um, jump starter as far as, like, and, like, a fire under our butts to, like, <laughs> make the show as tight and as and as um and really look at every piece of it and try to make it the best version of it that we could sure. and so we really put everything under a microscope so while actually like i don't think we have substantially changed this the structure of the show mm -hmm. since 2019 it's leaner. It's, um, I think we're more, um, maybe you jump in, Robbie. You look like I you can say it in numbers because it's <laughs> exciting. When uh -huh. we took it out for that first read through in March that led mm -hmm. to the JFest readings that were more public, mm -hmm. we came in with a script that was about 134 pages. Mm -hmm. and a score that ran about 70 minutes is that right lizzie I could something like that I, then? I, i'm believing you that you're that you're looking at it because i could but 133 pages in march when we walked in we cut it to 114 in the week leading up to the reading in march Okay. We have continued to cut. So this year it went from 133 pages in March to 88 pages wow. in October. Which which is without cutting a single song wow. and or scene. Okay. We made a lot of interior cuts. Yeah. To like make it um move more um I don't know. 
I don't want to say it moves very clearly and cleanly now. I don't know that there's anything in the show that I would consider excess. And a lot of it didn't feel like excess when we were writing it. But (laughs) the fact is, having a director and actors is absolutely magical. Absolutely. Because Laura Brandel came in and talked folks through this story and let them play and showed us how many moments we were actually landing the point in three lines with intelligent actors Mm -hmm. rather than six lines because I wanted to make sure everybody understood everything. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So important to to bring in a, a director at a at the development stage, oh, and that's yeah. another thing we notice doesn't always happen with the shows that we talk yeah. about. Oh, really? That, yes. <laughs> I don't you know, know if you yes. knew this. There's a lot of ego involved in writing and so... producing shows. <laughs> <laughs> ego? It... Is that a waffle? <laughs> we go my ego (laughs) i'm sorry can can you use it in a sentence (laughs) it's it's the audacity of that man to come into my rehearsal and use his ego to upset my entire production process i I mean i i think there's always a delicate balance of like Mm trusting your instinct Mm -hmm. and maybe trying to fight for something but also like if you're not trust like trusting the eyes of your collaborators you probably have the wrong collaborators that's right so like if you're not if if people in the room especially if it's like (laughs) especially if it's everyone in the room Mm -hmm. if you're still like no i will not (laughs) cut this vamp it is very critical to launch the next section and i won't even hear it without it it's like it's like no like this vamp yeah. is like I, I'm like this vamp yeah. is utterly necessary. I need it. I need it. I need it to. I need it to sleep at night. I need now, to be <laughs> like, clear, Lizzie is referencing actual moments we've had at least four times. No, I, no, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but it was with one song. It just had a lot of vamps in it. A, I mean, I will say, like, I did have a vamp at the top of a song that I was really loath to cut, despite the fact that I had no idea what. I kept looking at them trying to stage. I'm like. I don't know what they're going to do with this, but I don't know how to get rid of it. Uh, and I was finally like, you know what? Yeah, let's just let it go. Say goodbye. So- I have it in my pocket if <laughs> if we need it when we're actually like, because I will say like the one thing like a reading versus a staging doesn't fully get you is the sense of movement of the yeah. piece. So like there yeah. might be stuff that we have cut that could be very functional in an actual like stage production where like we need to move a house on mm-hmm. or we need to move a house off. Or... So let's let's use one yeah. more verse of that song that we cut that exactly. would have been a great Absolutely. transition. I have actually done a new work before. Mm-hmm. This was when I was li- living back in Chicago. So more than 20 years ago. And uh-huh. None of that kind of filler music was written at all. But during uh, the, during the week of tech, when oh, yeah. we were putting everything on its bodies and on its <laughs> you know on its feet, then the composer was able to say, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this here, and uh, I'm gonna add a descant there, and I'm gonna yeah. you know, like and all of that stuff could could be added because everyone was working in collaboration with each other, including." Yeah actors who were on stage the director who was watching it who you know who yeah. were, had creative input 
was and able to do that. Actors doing that kind of developmental work in the room is the reason they should be getting paid for <laughs> developmental right. work. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. In and these scenarios, yes. Once the yeah. show, you know, and I will even say like in the first iteration of a musical or play, they should get that. You know, obviously once a show is up and running and you're getting new cast members in, then yes, you can relax that a little bit. But you're absolutely right. Everyone plays such a massive part in putting the show all together. And so the idea that we are giving credit to some people but not to others is a little yeah. ludicrous. <laughs> no, I I I got I, I got to do a, a lab production right where they negotiated the um the actors getting a cut, um, which was an amazing thing. I think I get like I think it's like I don't even think it's one percent. I think it's point zero one percent. If the show ever comes back, and sure. regardless of whether I'm in it, um, which I don't think it will, and I don't think I will. Sure. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? That is very cool. It is cool. And like, and I think that it's important that that happened because it yeah. is true. Like, you, you do change because. Yeah. Sometimes I, I love when an actor tells me like, okay, I mean, I guess for me, it would probably be more like, hey, um, this is like, really hard for me to sing. Can we play with that? I'm like, sure, Great, let's do it. What would be what, like, let's, yeah. what is what what do you or even like what do you intuitively want to sing there? Like, mm -hmm. or based on like, if you've sung it a couple of times, I can kind of trust like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to take that directly. Yeah. But like, yeah, um, I can take inspiration like you always take inspiration from your actors sure or you're and doing you it wrong because yep. they're they're right. people have all different kinds of experiences that they're bringing to this one project mm. so the idea that we would all just come across the exact same idea of doing something is so silly to me like of course that's mm. not going to happen because my lived experience is different from that person's lived experience which is different yeah. from that person's lived experience and we're all going to be taking that to what we are doing on stage. I've actually lived your entire life, so <laughs> I can tell you that's not true. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, I will say though, within this process, one of the things that Lizzie has always said is that you always start songs and you're like, this is the beginning of a conversation. Mm, yeah. And that is language I get a lot when you have a new thing. You're like, it's a conversation starter. How yeah. do we feel about this? Well, and I think like I I like to I like to give my collaborators the full bells and whistles version of a song right off the bat so that I can't yes. hide. I'm like, <laughs> this is the full Broadway cast recording. It's all me, but mm -hmm. like this is the full Broadway cast recording version of this song. Here, here it is. If it's not serving you the fantasy, I need to know. And I want to, because like, I have given no excuse for it to be like, oh, well, so you, you don't know that there's a bass line here. And that's really, or, or you don't hear the drums. I'm sorry. Like, so, so, it's swell like, with drums. It's swell with drums. Or like, oh, there's another vocalist here. Like, you that, that that's really going to take, mm -hmm. like, no. I, I mean, and I think that that's not something most people do but it's how my brain works and i'm like i like not having the ability to hide behind like a lack 
Yeah. Um, or being because then I can because then I can justify it to myself not making a change. But if like yeah. I have served you the full fantasy version of the song and it's not doing the thing, um, then I didn't. Then it should change. Sure. And that's great. Like I like I I would probably go through everything in the next week and change it again. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to tell you, every time a new full <laughs> fantasy arrives in my inbox, <laughs> when I get to hear it and. I, I can't speak for everyone's experience, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but oh boy, I grew up on musical theater cast albums more than I grew up on going to see musicals. Oh, because yeah. Because cast albums are distinctly cheaper and more oh, readily yeah. available. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and some of us were quite a slog from home to Broadway, like a three hour flight. So, or a 15 hour when I get drive. Those... Or that. I, well, congrats on having a car that could survive a 15-hour drive. Pam. I'm uh, sorry. I, I'm from Long Island. Yeah. It was easy for me. Uh, it's just like, hail a car, and they would take me directly there. <laughs> oh, please. They had a hell I'm one of those corn-fed ladies I, from the Midwest. I was like, taxi, can you take me straight to Broadway? Thank you. <laughs> hot. Thanks. And I bet you didn't even know there was a Broadway in Massapequa. Uh, there is. I know there, there is. is. I, I know there's now. There's got to be. I don't know that there I, is, but there's got to be a Broadway I, in Massapequa. So you hear these voices. This is what Lizzie and I sound like at 12 at night when we have a conversation <laughs> that's half us being friends. And then it accidentally turns into work and then back into friends. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Lizzie, can I share the dumbest thing on a podcast? During these late night talks, sometimes I will tell Lizzie that I have been recording our late night talks and turning them into a podcast, but I'm not going to reveal it to her because I don't want her to find out how famous we are. And so I keep telling that so that she never knows if I'm telling the truth or not. But maybe that's how we're guests on this podcast. So this is a really <laughs> meta moment on our podcast. Oh, so I've got to say, though, as we talk about all of this, like this was a really meta moment. But we have very, very intentionally written a not at all meta show. Yeah. Because Robbie's it's very hard for Robbie. Robbie would. <laughs> I, I look. I don't want to write meta shows. Mm -hmm. I want to write shows that can stand in the canon of musical theater yeah. and sit a little bit outside of time because mm -hmm. things like Wicked and The Lion King that are there forever, mm -hmm. they're not tied to a time, to a place, to a particular level of technology. Yeah, and right. musicals take so long. Yeah. And yeah. so writing something that takes place <laughs> yes. in a community that observes a technology-free Sabbath well, frees us from time. It is yeah. true. Like, it's, we've had people, I, at least I've been asked, Robbie, like, a couple of times, like, when does your show take place? And I'm like, I mean, it's kind of the 90s, but it super doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. There's oh. not really anything that would tell you that right. it could be the 90s, it could be the 80s, it could be now. But because of the lack of technology in this world, like, you can't tell. Yeah. 
the setting in the at the top of the script it says Hereville is a small town of orthodox jews in the suburban northeastern u.s mid 90s but it's hard to tell in a community this insular sure that's good. Well, can I, oh, can I ask you, because I was thinking this earlier, and I'm going to switch it back to just a little bit more about the graphic novel itself. Ooh, yes. You said that when you had purchased them, it was just the first two. Does that mean that the musical is based on just the first two? Okay. No. <laughs> I would like to share with you one of the greatest and most generous moments I have ever had with another artist. Okay. And that is, I said to Barry, I want to adapt these books and he said, did you know there's a third one coming out? And I said, no, I didn't. And he said, there is. Let me send you the draft of where we are now. Oh, my God. That's and amazing. So I got to read the third book before it was out. I felt like like I got the seventh Harry Potter manuscript. Well, and, it's, <laughs> and it's really cool. Like, so it's only partially, it's ever called, I think it's almost completely yeah. illustrated, but it's partially colored. Yeah, so the it's first like, half is still is colored and inked. Yeah. But and then by the end, it's pencil. Yeah, it's all pencil drawings. Oh. So it's really cool. Does Barry do the, the actual illustration as well as the book? Oh. Barry wrote all of the text. He draws all of the characters. One of the things that I learned is that once he hit the third book, they wanted it to come out sooner. And so they have someone else working with him on some of the backgrounds. Oh, interesting. I saw, saw that on his website. There was another yeah. name listed. Yeah. I'm literally looking at my text because it matters to me in this moment. Sure. Adrian Wallace. The okay. backgrounds in the third book were Adrian Wallace. Shout out to Adrian Wallace. That's uh, awesome. Is but, it? I, I want to ask a question about that just because I remembered you were also uh, trying to get the rights for the illustrations. We and did. I feel like you said you did. And he and he said you could use them. Like, because you were thinking about, and who knows if this is how it'll work out, but thinking about using them as sort of backdrops and integrated into the set and the production design, right? Yes. Which we're getting to tread a little bit into that for this upcoming presentation, because especially because of the venue, mm -hmm. given that we are part of what is essentially, a, well, not even essentially, is a celebration of like Jewish comic book artists. Yeah. We wanted to try and find a way to um, display Barry's art as part of the presentation. So we will be showing relevant slides and using um, relevant panels from the book as, as yeah. backgrounds. We're gonna, sometimes it's just a pencil drawing of a set, which is kind of cool. Like cool. the yeah. pencil drawing of the kitchen, the pencil drawing of the witch's house. But like, um, it's, that is gonna be integrated with our presentation to like really let that world and let it be Barry's world as well as our musical yeah. world. Because when we originally got the rights, I was like, hey, if we're getting the rights to a graphic novel as yeah. opposed to a novel, I want to make sure we have express permission to use the art both in the advertising and in the scenic design, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Because yeah, why would we? Why wouldn't we want to draw people back to his art, back yeah. to what he made, yeah. get kids to see the musical and then say, oh, there are books and read the books that yeah. exist. Mm -hmm. And hey, 
if this became a thing where more people read the books, I can say, I know for sure that he has ideas to go further. And I would love to see that come into fruition as well, because some of the ideas he's talked us through are thrilling. We could like totally, I was like, we could totally Annie Warbucks. (laughs) <laughs> I, you should this. call it their um, bill I, <laughs> or them uh, bill. <laughs> I, so, okay, I will say, you know that wonderful set of stories about how they only told, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Who played Snape and Harry Potter? Uh, Alan Rickman. Thank you, Alan Rickman. That name disappeared. So, um, you're, not gonna, they, you're not actually going to say the thing, right? No, 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 I'm okay. not. I'm going to say we all know that Alan Rickman was told secrets about Snape that no one on set was told so that he could create a realistic performance. Yeah. And I will say at least one major decision we made in this book, we are in the book of the musical, mm-hmm. we are cognizant of a thing Barry said would happen in book six if he wrote a second trilogy. Oh, very cool. And very so cool. I, I can never say what it was. No, right. and we wouldn't ask you because that's part of the fun of it, right? Well, okay, but if that book does come out at some point, then I can tell you, here's a thing I've known since 2000. (laughs) I hope everyone on the podcast could hear that year accurately. So besides uh, the permissions that he's given you, has Barry had any kind of an input into your writing process? Yeah, we we regularly send him drafts and he... um, does comment on them. Yeah. He finally got to see the show for the first time. He came to the Old Globe mm-hmm. and got to see the show in San Diego and also did this amazing thing. He made each of our cast members a custom like picture of their character like oh, like a poster size with their name on it and a little that is quote. So cool. And it was like yeah. It was amazing. Like, and um, and if anyone wants to know exactly what those drawings look like, they are on our Instagram at Hereville Musical, which is spelled exactly ah! like you think. <laughs> I, I am channeling my inner Raven, the drag queen, and I will win this book interview challenge. <laughs> Wait, um, but I feel like I I did my weird noise like right over the name of the Instagram, so maybe do it. You again. made a weird noise over me saying at <laughs> Hereville Musical on Instagram. How will people know how to go to at Hereville Musical on Instagram? They'll Love have it. to find out about it at the concert at the Center for Jewish History on November 9th at six thirty p.m. or via the live stream. How did we get through seventy five minutes without ever discussing the story of the show? <laughs> Okay, because we're good at that. Please do, and and I guess tell how much you want to, because I don't know how much you want to reveal to like sort of leave. Yeah, we don't need any spoilers. Force people to like you want people to come see it. Yeah, well, like there are things I can say. Like I know for a fact that even if you have read all three books, you will not get ahead of the story because we were able to build a story that is deeply inspired by, but ultimately structured a little bit differently uh, and spends a little more time with the witch who is in all three books. So yeah, you might be able to guess 
Or you might be like, oh, I bet they're going to do this here. Yeah. But it's going to be much more like that than like, oh, I know this is where this happens. Okay. Okay. But like there's a meteor on the cover of the second book. Right. Spoiler, there will be a meteor in the musical. (laughs) I actually, I feel like that section is maybe, oh, now I'm thinking is probably the most faithful that we. Oh, yes. I like there is a number that is in the middle of the show, but it would be a combination act to act one finale, act two opener, if you were thinking structurally. And it is almost the entire second book told in nine really intense minutes that work well because you've already met all the characters. Yeah. Wow. So but- can you can you take us through as much yeah. as you feel comfortable of of the story for especially people who haven't read the the graphic novels? I will and I will begin by saying we live in a world where the movie Beaches exists and I bring <laughs> this up to say for years people told me that Beaches was just the saddest movie. They always cried at Beaches. And then I watched it and I realized that everyone left out all the weird musical numbers yes. and yep. the things that are over the top ridiculous yes. funny that yeah. aren't just two people smiling and clutching each other and acknowledging a deep relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I will say if I throw out a sentence like this is a musical about a stepdaughter and a stepmother in an Orthodox Jewish community finding out how to love each other and that this is a non-romantic love story between mm-hmm. those two women. Yeah. You are prepared for beaches the way that I was prepared for beaches. <laughs> and so the thing that I need to start warning people is that There is a witch, there is magic, there is a sentient meteorite who begins (laughs) as a feral creature, but is ultimately much, much, much smarter than that. We will make our way to outer space at some point. Maybe someone will turn into a tree, we'll find out. (laughs) And so I think if you've heard all of those things and you're interested and can't imagine how they all go together this is a show for you. That's awesome. And if you're just someone who has your own complicated mom stuff and wants a safe place where everyone will think you're crying about the show, but you're really (laughs) crying about your own complicated mom stuff, I assure you, (laughs) we have so much space for you to let those tears out. Let those tears out. But like, I'm going to say, It is a very Jewish musical. And if there's anything I know from the Jewish community that I've grown up in, it's that almost everything is funny until there's a moment when it isn't. But we do get back to funny eventually. Well, that's that's, life too, kind of. Truly. And that's why I remember hearing stories like when they brought Fiddler to Japan and Japanese people were like, really, this is about Jews, but their values are so Japanese. (laughs) And yeah, the more specific you get about any culture, the more you find out that we're all kind of doing the same thing, trying to make good food and take care of each other and (laughs) find more reasons to laugh than cry. Absolutely. Well, and it all, it, regardless of what your culture is, what your religion is, what your nationality is, all of us have relationships with other people around us. And those relationships are all very, very similar to other people's relationships with other people. (laughs) Yes. What I will say, because this part sparked my interest right at the very beginning of the podcast, you had just 
just mentioned briefly that the lead character and I'm Mirka. Is that her? Yes. Okay. Mirka. Mirka, who is 11 years old, has lost her own mother and is now has a stepmother in the scenario who grew up differently than she did. So there is kind of a, a bridge the gap kind of relationship happening with them. What sparked me was the fact that she is 11 years old and in every girl's life when they are 11 years old, and this can run the gamut of girls if you are assigned female at birth or otherwise. Well, and you know what, really, I can, I can really involve everybody in this because at 11 years old, you are changing from a child into something different. And it is such a weird horrible and magical time (laughs) for every single person. And so having that also be the time where you have lost the maternal impulse in your life and Mm -hmm. are then kind of given another one. It's just such a, like, I can't imagine how confusing that must have been for her. And so this idea that she is able to kind of be this superhero of her own story is really, really cool Mm -hmm. and captivating. And I will say tying to that very real set of mom stuff. Yeah. When the person who has entered your life is trying to take that maternal impulse and Mm. they're not hitting it the way you want. Yeah. Boy, it's really easy to start saying yes to offers that sound easier Mm. from bad actors. Yeah. And, And I've always said... Like, yes, this is a comedy. Yes, this is a musical. But we talk about gaslighting and grief without saying mm-hmm. the word gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Because is that in the crunchy parts? Gaslighting. I, I think that people will see Yum. a relationship that reveals itself to be manipulative in a mm-hmm. way that kids will understand yeah. and parents might understand a few seconds before their kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds really intriguing. I like that. I'm excited about this. I'm excited I, to be able to get to see it. Thank you. And same, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah, this like, is our first like time doing any public presentation of the show in New York, yeah. which is really exciting. Like we've done little private presentations in like tiny studios where like maybe a couple people could come but actually the the, several of them were like actually no one but the cast could come like they were that small (laughs) yeah and and we did our you know our requisite like zoom reading which was like Mm -hmm. everyone read the lines and we played my cast album of me's because you can't sing on zoom you can't (laughs) sing on zoom Um, what a weird (laughs) thing to sing on zoom Uh, Wait, you can sing together on Zoom. Um, But, you you know, like we did one of those, but like this is our first time actually where there will be able to be an audience and they'll be able to hear it. Like that's really, really exciting. And And this is the first time with the graphics too, right? Yeah, we actually weren't able to do that in California. So we're just adding that for this presentation. And that's also very exciting. Um, And... Um, getting this live, the live stream is exciting. I mean, for what I'm going to say is I can't speak for Lizzie, but it is the first paid public performance of a musical I have written in New York City. 
that is That's a full so performance of the show. <laughs> Lizzie, can you say the same? I don't <laughs> think I can, but I'm not sure. Oh, no, I you think... know what? I bought a ticket to your reading at Nymph. I, that's what I thought. I'm like, I yeah. think that may have been paid, but I don't it know. It may have been paid, but this is um, definitely the highest tech version of something like this that I've ever had happen. And the idea that Miriam Mora and the Center for Jewish History just said, yes, you can have the space, including the rehearsal space, including a tech team. Oh, my God. Yeah. Amazing. Who are all really incredibly like everyone. I, the second I got off the line with them, I'm like, I just love all these people. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I was feeling. Yeah. yeah. And also, and I won't dip too deeply into this, but at this particular time, holding a Jewish identity with pride mm. is complicated. Yes. And we believe pretty strongly that Judaism and Israel are separate ideas, that mm. Palestine and Hamas are different ideas. Mm. And this is a show that has always been about Jewish family values that take place in a home and is as apolitical as it can be on paper, mm -hmm. though we have learned even at the concert that we had in San Diego at the Old Globe, we were told that there was enhanced security because our show was Jewish. What a And that a was... Shame. A stunning thing to hear, but it also means that sometimes when you put Judaism out there, it is inherently a political act, even if you don't mean for it to be. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I will say, geez, I want this show to be about family. I want it to be a place where Jewish kids can find Jewish joy, because yeah. this is the musical that I was looking for when I was that age. Yes. But it feels like... An like what Robbie said feels like a really good place to end. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> you killed it, Robbie. I, you killed it. Why, thank you. Really? Without <laughs> even saying <laughs> at Hereville <laughs> Musical <laughs> on Instagram again? At Hereville Musical at Instagram. At Hereville and, Musical and, and, and at Instagram. Again, uh, the, also <laughs> oh. say again the date and the time oh, and yeah. the place again. Like, for, like yeah. if you want to join us at the Center for Jewish History on November 9th to see the show at 6.30 or even just live stream it, you can. And the link is in our bio at Hereville Musical. How easy is that to find? I bet it'll also show up in like the text for this episode because yes. Theater Geeks Anonymous is always very clever that way. Yeah. And yes, we will absolutely have, uh, we'll have the Instagram handle and the link uh, for the November 9th concert in the show notes. Yeah. You Thank you everyone for listening Thanks. to this episode of Theater Geeks Anonymous. Yes. We are so excited for Hereville the Musical and we absolutely hope that you all Tune in if you are not in the New York area on November 9th. And if you are in the New York area, uh, area, please go to the Jewish, say, say the Center for again. Jewish History. Center for Jewish History and uh, buy a ticket. It'll be in our link to for tickets will be in our show notes and go see it in person. 15 That's West exciting. 16th Street, 15 <laughs> West 16th Street. Yeah, 15, like the number of dollars it costs to see it. 16th like one more dollar but not <laughs> take these mics away from us <laughs> thank you for listening to our podcast 
Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. Until, Until next time, time geeks. geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.